NBA Strayer, how are you going? Hang on. It's NBA Strayer. It is Wednesday, hump day, May 25. It's gonna be May. And I'm your host, James Clements. I'm a writer sometimes for whomstever wants to pay me that sweet, sweet folding stuff here in Larry Yama Studios, repping Strayer a bit and guiding you through this entire NBA season, as we do, day in, day out. That's what we do. Uh, all NBA teams were announced. That's pretty fun. Just saying I nailed all of them. Uh, West Finals game... Sorry, yeah, West Finals game four. Mavs-Warriors was a rollicking ride. And the Mavs stave off. Elimination alert. Elimination alert. And live to fight another day. Uh, so we'll talk about that in the NBA straight game wraps. We've got That's Not a Knife. All mate, no mate. Spud of the night. Better than Lonzo Ball. We've got Sam Yanaz. We've got the unpopular opening of the day. We've got our back take gas. We're serving up a flying grill take. Uh, a brief Australian player watch, a great moment in NBA Australia stat history, and then we'll preview and pick tomorrow's Game 5 of Heat Celtics. And we're going to finish off with a new segment. That's right, we've got a new one. I love this one. Jocks Rocks. <laughs> Jock Landale. Talking Rocks. Right, episode 823 of NBA Australia. Let's go. This is Joe Ingalls, and you're listening to NBA Australia. Watch out for the shark attack. Ah, you better. Uh, But before we get into today's show, um, Steve Kerr uh, gave a great, great uh, sit-down presser before today's games. Um... Seriously, man, kids murdered in the USA, gun control. It's a tale that's all too fucking familiar. And um, I don't know, it's not often we get heavy and shit on NBA Australia, but it's just fucking scary, right? Like, it's insane. Like, I lived there for six years. It sucked. Every time you go anywhere, it's open carry. It's just fucking psychos everywhere. It's like, it's not the old Wild West, you fucking morons. What are you doing? Anyway, um, I don't know, man. I think... We all have a vibe on gun control in Australia where we've gone, well, we kind of figured it out. And literally everybody else in the world has gone, look, we've figured this out in the US, though. It's thoughts and prayers. It's a moment of silence. How about you just fucking do something, idiots? There's no movement. There's kids being killed at school. It's fucking sickening. And Americans are like, no, you ain't going to take away my guns. It's like, yeah. We probably fucking shook because none of you can be trusted not to shoot fucking kids. Jesus. And, uh, yeah, I appreciated Steve Kerr calling out specifically the 50 senators who refused to vote on a bill that's in front of the Senate. And, like, the fact that he, he has to do this is so fucking sad and good on him for doing it because, like, that's the only way shit will happen, right? It has to happen. People have to be louder about demanding it happening. Or else this American hellscape is just going to keep on happening and happening and time and time again. And it's a cultural blindness they can't and won't see, and it's fucked. So, oh, but you still have gun deaths in Australia. Yeah, fuck all per capita, you idiots. Oh, there's too many guns. Then fucking pay for it. Get rid of semi-autos. What are you doing, you psychos? Anyway, it's fucked. And well done to Steve Kerr for uh, 
giving a really impassioned talk about it and hopefully just fucking something happens because this is just fucked. All right, let's get into today's show, the way we start every show here in NBA Australia. Apparently not on a fucking sombre note. Jesus. Yeah, it's the daily whip around. The all-NBA teams are announced. Uh, just saying, I completely nailed all three of them. I went 15 of 15 in the complete, actual, the first and second and third team. So in the first team, we got Luka Doncic, Devin Booker, Jason Tatum, Giannis Antetokounmpo, the Joker. And that is the first time the first all-NBA team was made up of 27 underplayers since 1955. Talk about that later. The second team was Steph, Jar, KD, DeRozan, and Joel Embiid. Cool. And the third team was Chris Paul, Trey Young, Pascal Sikkim Siakam, LeBron James, and Carl Anthony Towns. Uh, so in the wash out of all this, I mean, A, I legit nailed it. Seriously, that was my first team, that was my second team, and that was my third team. If you go back to the uh, episode we did, the NBA Australia Awards show, fucking picked it. I mean, it's also not that hard this year. I think it was a pretty straightforward one. Uh, but in terms of the other vibes, uh, Booker and Towns both making all NBA teams. They can both sign extensions, the Supermax extensions, actually, which are the $211 million ones, uh, which would be pretty cool. That'd start, well, they could sign them this year, and that'd be starting the 24 25 season. Basically, they could lock in $47 bucks that year. And top out at $58.4 million in 2027-2028. I think you'd do it, wouldn't you? <laughs> and Trey Young, bit of a uh, spanner in the works for Atlanta because his All-NBA nod on the third team means that his rookie max extension that was already signed goes from 177 mil to 212. Yeesh. It's pretty crazy because that means an extra six and a bit million of a cap hit for next year. That means that he's 30 to 30.5 million to 36.6 million pushes the Hawks over the luxury tax <laughs> to the tune of 7.8 mil. That is chaos. The Hawks would be like, oh, that's sick. Oh, fuck. Brutal. Uh, and Giannis, I think, is the only player to, uh, he goes unanimous in the first team, gets 100 out of 100 first team votes. And he's the first ever, I think, to do it four times in a row to go unanimous, which is pretty gnarly. So, Giannis, pretty good. And everyone gets it. And uh, last little bit of news, Zachy Cakes, Adam Levine. Got a bit of a knee surgery uh, to clear up his knee. He played hurt basically the second half of the season. And uh, that was pretty neat. You love to see it. And it was kind of good. The thing is, he's going into free agency and uh, it seems very much like the Bulls like, yeah, that's cool. We're going to try our hardest to re-sign him anyway. Um, and he goes into, you know, this offseason being an unrestricted free agent. Everyone's losing their minds. Like, oh, get him on the Lakers, man. It's like, all right, cool. That'll be fun to see. Best of luck actually making that happen. Uh, but he also did like a cortisone shot, had fluid drained from his knee during this season and uh, sort of had all that maintenance. Uh, but look, hopefully he uh, makes 100, 100% recovery because he's fun. And I'd really like him back on the Bulls because when they were at full flight, they were fun. When the Bulls are good, same as when the Knicks and the Lakers and stuff are good, the NBA is just that little bit more fun, isn't it? Yeah. Right, let's get into today's game wrap. Game wrap, game wrap, game wrap, game wrap, game wrap, game wrap. That's right, the game wrap. Game four of the Western Conference Finals. Finals, 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 finals. 
Warriors 109, Mavs 119. Jeez, Jimmy, that's a bit close. Yeah, it wasn't close for a lot of this, was it? And then it was. The fear of God <laughs> struck down the Mavs. Crazy good game by the Mavs, though, right? This is exactly what they wanted in game four. You're down three zip, you're at home. This is the perfect gentleman's sweep game. It's also the perfect, ah, we're probably going to lose this series, but at least we got one sick game at home. You saw the exact same happen thing happen with the uh, Grizzlies against the Warriors, right? They got that awesome game five at home and, uh, you know, got one more win to get it to 3-2 before the Warriors closed it out. Um, but the Mavs, look, the shots fell and it just felt good and looked good, right? Like from very early on, like they had 14 assists on 20 made buckets in the first half. They were moving the ball. They were playing quicker. And they were hitting threes. And they got to the line. It's the perfect storm for the Mavs. Seriously, like Brunson was cruising at 13 points. Looked feisty early. Bullock, Reggie Bullock. And uh, I tweeted out, look, I don't want to use the uh, Reggie Bullock nickname. But I'm just happy that Reggie Bullock bounced back from that 0-10 uh, night. So that was pretty cool. Look, Luke wasn't shooting it great, but he had nine boards. Was getting to the line and was really helping them control that game. Because the Warriors started off really well. They got up early. The Mavs just literally started hitting threes. Dorian Finney-Smith hit a couple early. Max Shikliba, hello, hit a couple of threes, got him the lead. They only lost it one more time after that early in the second quarter. But they bounced back straight from that because they ripped off a 15-2 run with Luka on the bench. And that was it. Like Literally, as soon as like Kleber hit those back-to-back threes early and then Reggie Bullock was hitting, the Mavs, look, they just looked awesome. They look damaging. Their defense was flying around. We've talked about this all the way through this series. When the Mavs' offense is clicking, their defense looks about 80 million times better. And they're up 15 points at the half. It was like 62-47. They'd been up as much as 17. But I thought uh, the biggest difference in that first half was they were getting into their shit quicker. The 15-2 run with uh, Luka on the bench, wildly important, and getting Bullock going. Like, it was on. So, then, we had a leaky roof. What is going on in Dallas? Oh, man, it's been raining heaps here, eh? <laughs> sure. And a 33-minute halftime because the roof was leaking. They get up there with some roof seal. Oof, oof. Uh, what is it? The um, slap in the flexi seal. Fuck yeah. Love that. Flexi seal tape. Um, but they finally fix it. And the Mavs came out on fire. Brunson scored. Clay hit a three. And then the Mavs ripped off like an eight-zip run, and they had a 22-point lead. And you're like, ah, oh, shit. This is it. you got to cruise from here. And they kind of did. Like Finney Smith, Bullock, Luca, they all hit threes after that. And it goes from like up 20, up 24, up 25. <laughs> and it's like, I don't know, the Warriors are sort of just sticking around. It's 22 points with three minutes left. And it's one of those crucial moments where you're like, this is going to be a blowout. Oh, the Warriors are going to fight back into it just and get, like, you know, just enough and get a couple of sneaky buckets at the end of the third. And they were looking like that. And then Spencer Dinwiddie, having done nothing all game, nails back-to-back threes, pushes it back over 25, and they get a couple more down the stretch. And boom, it's a 29-point lead going into the fourth quarter. They hit eight threes in the third, outscored them 37-23. And you're like, all right. It's just another conference finals game where one team makes adjustments. The other team's defense is like, ah, oh, shit, we didn't see this one coming. We're getting blown out. But then you remember it's the Mavs. 
And boy, howdy, can this team go ice cold? And that's exactly what happened. The Warriors bench come into the fourth quarter and just go, right, we've got nothing to lose. Nine zip run. You got Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody. Belly Belita, nine zip run. It's 20 with nine and a half minutes to go. And the Mavs just hadn't scored yet. Literally, the Golden State bench then kept going. It was chaos. They cut the lead from 29 to 16 in less than five minutes. Luca had to come back in. All the starters for the Mavs get no rest. They all have to come back in. It's down to 16 points, seven minutes to go. The Mavs get a Kleber dunk. It's like, oh, we're okay. But then they just give up an easy bucket to pull. Six minutes left. It's still only 16 points. Luca goes, right, we're not going to lose this game. Fuck it. Gets a layup. They get a stop. He gets a foul. But then Moody hits a three. And they've still got the Warrior bench out there. And the Mavs defense is like, oh, he's not going to hit that. Like, that was their defense. It was the, he's not going to hit that, like, defense. I don't know. Maybe don't let them shoot wide open threes, even if you are up 16. Because Moody hits that three. Then he hits another one. It's a 13-point game. Come bucket, Johnny Kaminga nails a three. It's an eight-point game. It's a 30-11 Golden State run. Steph comes back in. He's the only starter that comes back in. He comes in with the bench. Luka dunks. Brunson draws a charging call against Kumbucket. Boom. Maz feeling a little bit better. Bullock hits a three. The backup 13. Off you go. But then Wiggins answers. It's a 10-point game still. You're like, oh, shit. What is happening? And then they manage just to hold them off. Just enough. Win by 10. Uh, but down the stretch, like, it was pretty funny. Like, Wiggins hits that three. It's still 10 points. There's only, there's still two and a half minutes to go. But Jalen Brunson misses a shot. Maxi Kleber blocks a Jordan Poole drive. They get the rebound. It's still 10 points. It's suddenly, you know, minute 45. Dorian Finney-Smith hits a uh, nice little drop-off layup from uh, Luca. Up 12. Clay Thompson with... No time going off the clock basically gets an alley-oop. And you're like, hang on a second. It's still only 10 points. But then uh, Luke is sitting there. He cops one in the nuts. <laughs> it's a free throw. It's another one. And they're uh, pretty much home in hose. And off they go. Uh, win by 10. But it was a uh, pretty crazy game in the end for a game that didn't feel like it was going to be crazy in any way, shape, or form. But this is the Mavs. It's the shooting variance. It's the defensive variance. It's it's ho- it's horrible. It's wildly worrying if you're a Mavs fan. You see them going, God damn it, can we just can we just do this easily? And not, the answer is probably no. Because I tweeted this out during the game. Like a 16-point lead over the Warriors feels about as safe as a four-point lead. AKA not fucking at all. It's crazy. So for the Warriors, in the end, like... The stats aren't going to blow you away. It's like only 20 points for Steph. He goes 2 of 5 on threes, but he did have 8 assists. Draymond ends up with a 10-6-6 six, and six with a couple of blocks. Wiggins couldn't get going. He shot 5 of 11 for his 13 points. Clay only had 12 points on 10 shots. Goes 2 of 6 from downtown. But it was the bench. It was Johnny Kaminga. Come bucket. 17 points and 8 rebounds in 22 minutes. He changed the game. I love him. One of three from downtown. Jordan Poole finally hit a couple of shots. He was a struggle town early. 14 points for him. But Moses Moody, 10 points as well. Goes two or three on threes. And away they go. Even Damian Lee comes in. Uh, 
Hands up with six, just finding gaps, finding creases, causing havoc. You love to see it. Belly Belita with these couple of buckets. He was a plus 18 for the game, which is hilarious because they lost by 10. 15 minutes, he's a plus 18. Anyway, the big problem really was for the uh, Warriors. Like, just they couldn't get anything going inside. Kevin Looney only played the 20 minutes. He only had three points. And it's just one of those ones where you go, ah, right. When you're not getting every offensive rebound and just getting, like, Kevon Looney junk buckets or Andrew Wiggins junk buckets inside. Yeah. Meanwhile, the Mavs are raining threes on your head. Bit tough. I mean, there's an old adage we always trot out here in NBA Australia. The Mavs went 20 of 43 from downtown. The Warriors went 10 of 28. If you hit twice the amount of threes as the opposition... What does it mean? Oh, bro, you might have a good chance of winning that game, eh? <laughs> you might. That's it. So over the like the Mavs, they won on the boards as well, which is a big thing. Forty-five to forty-two. Uh, eight Mavericks hit a three in this game. So talk about shooting variance. Game to game to game to game to game. We've talked about like, especially on yesterday's show, right? It got into a big yell, a big yell about not being able to rest, and when you're a defense. Like, it just gets really fucking hard game in, game out. And your shooting variance just goes up and down, just like, I don't know, uh, George Christensen in fucking Thailand. <laughs> Where did that lunatic go? Anyway, but still, like, the shooting variance, the Mavs going 20-43 from downtown. The fact that, essentially, if Finney Smith, Bullock, and Kleber hit more than three shots combined, like, you've got a chance. And that's exactly what happened today. Like, Luca had 30, 14, and 9. Uh, shot pretty badly. 10 of 26 from downtown, but more importantly... What did he shoot from 3? Thanks, Luca. He went 3-11 from downtown. Uh, and he controlled the game, though. He did everything else. He had nine boards really early, was just there, and that really helped them control the pace of the game. And that was it. They sped it up. They got into their shit. They weren't just dribbling, 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 going, oh, well, there's nine seconds left on the shot clock. We better do something. Like, he was just orchestrating it all faster. Finney Smith had 23. Nine of 13 he shot. He went four of seven from downtown. A great game from Dorian Finney-Smith. And Reggie Bullock, he's back, baby. 6 of 10 from downtown for his 18. Looking good. Doing a great job. Brunson barely uh, scored in the second half. Ends up with 15, 5 and 5. Goes 5 of 12 from down uh, from the field. And 10 points, 8 assists from Dinwiddie. But it's that combo of Finney Smith with 23. Bullock with 18. And Maxi Kleber, hello, going 13 and 8. And hitting two of his three threes. So go with three blocks that'll win you the game. Every time if you're the Mavs, right? Like, Dwight Powell did fuck all. Frankie Smokes hit a three. He had five points. You'll love to see that. Bertans hit one three in his ten minutes. But it was really just that game-breaking moments, like where Luke is sitting and they could actually keep the score ticking over. They changed the game. And here we go. They come away with a win, a big win. Yes, they lost complete and utter fucking focus in the fourth quarter, but they did the work early. They get the win. Warriors go home. For game five, up 3-1. We're going to San Fran. Maybe Lucas should have eight beers before game five. What do you reckon? Sound good? I like it. 
But either way, good win for the Mavs. They needed to do it. Even if it's the gentleman's sweep, at least their home fans get that last little, like, ah, oh, man, at least we got a game in the Western Conference Finals. And shit, if you can maybe still win a Golden State, who knows what the fuck could happen. So either way, let's do an NBA Australia approved performance of the night. <laughs> That's not a knife. That's a knife. Luka Doncic. Um, I mean, even though, as I mentioned, the shot wasn't there, he impacted the game in so many different ways. And like going to the boards early to really out-muscle and outwork the Warriors, I thought was like... A big key to the Mavs getting up early and, importantly, staying up. Like, not giving up offensive rebounds, not giving out, you know, the long bounce-off missed threes, etc. Because, I mean, especially in that first half, uh, the Warriors were 3 of 16 from downtown. Like, Wiggins' impact was really limited. Clay couldn't get anything. Poole was still being hunted on defense. And Poole only went 1 of 4 in the first half, too. Whereas Luca was just like vacuuming up every rebound. You're like, yeah, this is great because Powell and Kleber don't fuck all. Uh, but then the assists were flying. He was driving. And look, every time the Warriors threw a zone at them, it was like telling. I thought that the Mavs were like, cool. Well, we know what to do when they throw a zone at us. We drive to the middle, find a shooter, we'll throw up our own shot. Off we go. And uh, to end up, Basically, having to come back in was obviously pretty shitty for Luca. but the way he came back and went, right, Jesus, I don't want to stay back at work for another hour. This is bullshit. 30 points, 14 rebounds, and 9 assists, 2 steals, and 2 blocks. It was just one of those sort of complete games uh, that you love to see. Like, even if he shot 10 or 26, and the, of course, what did he go from 3? Three eleven, uh, it was still just like a really good game where he really got into the flow of the game and dictated it, which is like the first time in this series it felt like the Warriors weren't dictating. And even in that second quarter, I think, of game three, where the Mavs did get up, it always felt like the Warriors were lurking. And this game today, they really just controlled every aspect of the game. And really, like, I could have thrown Dorian Finney-Smith in here because as soon as he gets going, he's such a great confidence player that as soon as he's involved in the game, it's like, oh, shit, we're going to win this because Finney-Smith's got, like, over 14 points. Like, the correlation between Finney-Smith having over 14 and, like, Mavs wins is going to be sky-fucking-high. So, great job for Finney-Smith, but Luca, look, absolute, you know, maestro vibes. You love to see it. Great game. And if that's the last good uh, Luca Mavs game at home we get to see this season, at least it was a good one. So, good on him. Who was Spud of the night, though? Spud, 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 Spud of the night. Spud of the night. Look, everybody actually played pretty well in this game. Like, it's pretty weird that the Warriors were getting beaten so handily, but they still shot, like, almost 50% from the floor. They only had the eight turnovers. They really cleaned up that aspect of their game today. But it was just because the Mavs shot so fucking well from three that there was just like no chance for them to get back into it right like it was crazy the amount of threes that they were hitting and then the eight threes that they hit in that third quarter it was just such a great like all right cool we'll put the boot in away we go they went i think 11 to 23 from downtown in the first half then hit another eight in the third and you're like yeah that's great stuff and the warriors just couldn't keep up 
And then they started hitting threes in the fourth quarter, and you're like, oh, geez, <laughs> watch out. But uh, so Spud of the Night's probably going to get a Dwight Powell 12 minutes. He just got 12 minutes of cardio. Just out there for 12 minutes, running around. He had one rebound. This is the starting center of your Dallas Mavericks. 12 minutes. I know that he's undersized. But 12 minutes, you run around like a chook with its head cut off. Zero points, zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero turnovers, zero fouls. One rebound. Great job, Dwight Powell. Today, you're the spot of the night. Uh, how about maybe the roof technicians of the Mavs? That could be a bit of a spot of the night as well. It's like, oh, yeah, cool. We'll just put a tarp over it. <laughs> like attach a beer bong to it. What do you reckon? Anyway, old mate, no mates. 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 Who's got no mates today? Uh, a few of these. So, Luca, I just hit on this. He goes to the line 10 times in this game. Pretty bloody good. Also, felt like he probably could have been there uh, probably a handful more. But it looks to me as though the refs are just like, ugh, Luca. Fucking stop whinging. Shut up. Just get back on defense and play the fucking game. Because it is every drive with Luca. He's probably getting fouled. We get that. But the refs are just like, dude, you bitch and moan so much about this. We're not going to give you every call. Get back. Anyway, uh, another old mate, no mates. He's your fucking mate. Joel Embiid. I love that the voters didn't fuck around with the All-NBA and gave Joker... The starting center gig on the uh, first team, and B gets the second team center spot because you might remember they were both eligible for forward and center, and everybody sort of went right. Neither of these are a fucking forward, so Embiid actually made it as the second team center. There was no fucking around with the forward bullshit. Great job, love to see it. Embiid, as good as the season as he had, guess what? Joker won MVP. Philly fans are crying and whinging. It's like, yeah, he had a great season. He's the second team center. Settle the fuck down. Not everybody's against you. There's another dude who's also really fucking good. Takes me back to the heyday of big men in the 90s when you had Hakeem. You had Shaq. You had Patrick Ewing. You had the Admiral David Robinson. You've only got three all-NBA teams. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Uh, pantsing of the night. Oh, that Mavericks bench. That was such a panting by the uh, Warriors bench. And it's also just like a shot across the bow for the rest of the NBA going, oh, no, 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 seriously, we've got dudes on our bench who can play, but we've also got really fucking good starters. <laughs> like Moody coming in, crushing it. Belly Belita doing a great job. Jonathan Cumbucket Kaminga. Like, that was so just like, oh, shit. They've got a second, well, a second and third unit, basically, that can do this. Ah, oh, man, the Warriors are going to be back in the finals next year as well. <laughs> and the year after, maybe. Ah, it's chaos. Anyway, but that was a pantsing of the Mavs in that fourth quarter. It's like, yeah, you're up 29. you still got to close out on three-point shooters or you might still fucking blow a lead. Come on, man. Uh, last but not least, better than Lonzo Ball. <coughs> Lonzo was the best player in high school. He was the best player in college. You think you don't get to the pros and be like, I made it to the pros. Now I can be average. We're coming for everybody. Coming for everybody. Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moses Moody, Moody. Had 10 points, 2 or 3 from downtown, 4 or 7 from the floor, 2 rebounds and 2 steals. Playing in the fourth quarter of a conference finals game, sure, they were down 29, but goddamn. 
did Moses Moody play his ass off? And it's one of those dudes where you just watch him and go, shit. Like, the fact that they've already got Jordan Poole behind Steph Curry and Clay Thompson feels unfair. And then you see Moses Moody with his size, that shooting touch, you're like, ah, oh, this is the rich get richer. God damn it. But the two or three from downtown, I loved it. And, of course, the fact that he has 10 points in the conference finals, that's more than Lonzo Ball's ever had. In fact, it's more than Lonzo's Ball, Lonzo Ball's entire playoff career because he's never made it. So great job, Moses Moody. Right, let's do some ENRs right after this. This is Cam Glidden. This is Anthony Drimmick. This is Mitch McCarran. This is Jason Kiddie. This is Daryl McDonald. Hey, guys, this is Hugh Greenwood. Yo, what's going on? This is Ellie. This is Mark Worthington or commonly known as Wertho, and you're listening to NBA Australia. You're listening to NBA Australia. And 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 you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, let's do some yeah, nahs. That's where we take a bunch of NBA storylines aside whether more, yeah, more, nah, nah. Well, they're also brought to you by the NBA Australia shop. That's right. Go check out some merch. Steve-o. Get your merch. Get your merch. Wear it. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Get your merch. Yeah, get your merch. Get your merch. Uh, over at nbaaustralia.com slash shop or just any of the links on the old socials. Let's go buy a t-shirt, would you? Help a brother out. As I've said, we had the builders around this morning. Going to clear some shit out. It's pretty really good if you help the brother out. That way I can send it to you and I don't have to uh, store it anywhere. <laughs> It also mean that old mate's a little bit less angry at me. So, right, yeah, Nas number one. Can Dallas do the impossible and come back from three zip? Yeah, nah, nah. Look, against a team that had more holes and more obvious flaws, maybe, maybe you could see like Luca go nuclear. Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear, uh, and they all get like. The Reggie Bullock, Max Schickleber, Dorian Finney-Smith, Brunson, Dinwiddie, they all get hot for a couple of games. But I think the thing that misses in there is that they don't really have a stylistic difference or matchup to the Warriors that they could turn to that could just sort of tip the uh, series on its head. Like a big, like if they had a big man that they could throw in there that could just score a few buckets here and there. And just give them a couple of different looks rather than just like, ah, oh, fuck, we've got Luca and we're going five out. And like, that's their entire like box of tricks, right? So it just turns on like, can we hit 23s in a game? And if we can, we might win. The thing is, the Warriors is that little bit too good on both ends that it literally probably needs them to hit 23s in a game uh, to get another win, let alone another two let alone another three. The Warriors' defense is too good. Their offense will just... It makes your... Their offense is so good, it makes your defense work too hard to keep that up, I think, for four straight games. Uh, So, look, my pick is probably going to be Warriors in five, but, yeah, I would love that. I would love, love, love... Look, we've had such little drama in these conference finals, even though fucking Miami-Boston is 2-2. All of the games have had huge leads. And I mean, we had fucking three zip in Golden State. Dallas, I would love for Dallas to win the next two games and push it to a game seven. But just just think of the we believe turnaround from 07. You've got the 
simple idea of like, oh shit, they've blown a 3-1 lead of the Warriors before. They could be the first to blow a three-zip lead. That'd be hilarious. But uh, I can't quite see it happening. Uh, but more importantly, the all-NBA teams, Luca, Booker, Tatum, Joker, Giannis, does this uh, 27 and under all-NBA first team equate to a changing of the guard? Yeah, nah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yes, it does. I love it. 27 and under, the first time since 19 diggity 5. 55. That's legitimately incredible. And I think it speaks to how deep and good the NBA is at the moment that two teams in the conference finals don't have a first teamer. One of them doesn't even have any all NBA dudes. I'll get to that in a second. And a team that's up 3-1 of the Western Conference Finals doesn't have a first-teamer. Like, that's awesome, but it just shows like the sheer level of talent and specifically young talent in the NBA right now is at the absolute highest level it's been since probably the early 90s where you had like a mixture of like the big dudes from the 80s. You had MJ coming on. You still had Bird and Magic, but also you had all the young dudes coming in. You had all the guys on Charlotte. You had Shaq. You had all of the, like, Knicks and stuff like that. It was just like, yes, let's go. You had the Rockets. You had the Spurs. You had my beloved Sonics. And, like, for so long, it's been a Kobe, then LeBron league. Because it goes a Jordan league, then it's basically a Kobe-Shaq league, then it's a Kobe league, then it's a LeBron league. These last two, three years, even though LeBron won a title with the Lakers, like... LeBron sort of sharing that spotlight with KD, with Steph, but he's like the he's like the the big dog, you know. But now, missing the playoffs this year, two years removed from the title, a mess of a Lakers team, and all of these teams guys on the first team being under twenty seven, these dudes are so young that yeah, like it's their league now, it's the league of Luca Booker Tatum Joker Giannis, because. They're going to be around for at least another probably 10 years. That's fucking awesome. I love it. Matty Owens, top seed Miami, get nobody on the first team, Jimmy, or anybody. Just shows it's a team sport, I suppose. Yeah, nah. Yeah, it does. I thought that was pretty cool because I didn't know if... So I had Siakam on my third team as well, and it was between Siakam and Butler. And I think Siakam and Butler, like their entire season... I mean, each of them, like Siakam had a pretty upside-down sort of weird year. Like Siakam's second half was absolutely psycho, right? In the first half, though, like it was a bit pedestrian, obviously, a bit shit, uh, dealing with like Coco and all this sort of stuff. Whereas Butler, like he had a really good year, but also missed a big couple of chunks here and there. Had some incredible moments, but also, I mean, this was the sort of good thing about Miami like he didn't have to drop 30 every night and he had like great stretches but what else I have the games off where it's just like oh did he just score four points <laughs> like, what the fuck so I got he got pinged okay no he just had 17 on 14 shots he shot four or 13 yeah all these sorts of weird games so I can't really complain about Butler being I'll talk about this again in a second but it does show it's a team sport and Miami was such a good deep team. They were like per- perfectly built with that heat culture specifically as well to 
kick some ass and take some names all the way through the regular season. And they have just that sort of really great talent of Bam with Butler that this year just wasn't quite all NBA. But, yeah, it's a team sport. And last little bit, <clears throat> Mark Cuban, crying poor. What's he doing? Yeah, nah, well, it might be time poor. Maybe he's got all those Shark Tank that he needs to film. But either way, he tweeted out, as fun as the play-in tournament was, it led to playoff games being played every other night, which raises the question of whether that has led to teams being tired and possibly injured. We can't extend the last day because of TV. Should the play-in be just eighth seed or not at all? Yeah, nah, no, nah, fuck off, Cuban. The play-in, play-in tournament's awesome. Just shunt back the start of the season, spread it out, cut out a few games, idiot. Seriously, this got uh, shut down by Kevin Pelton as well, I think, uh, saying that the previous full season back in 19, the playoffs started on April 13, and Game 7 of the finals was June 16, well, scheduled for it. So 64-day playoffs. This year, same. April 16 start, Game 7 of the finals is June 19. Skadoosh, that's the same. So basically, the league moved up the end of the regular season to accommodate the play-in, and the playoff schedule is the same as it was like three years ago, the last time we had a full year. So the NBA just needs to look at this and figure it out and go, right, let's start the season just that hint earlier so we get a little bit more rest in the playoffs, and away we go. As I said, only have games Wednesday, Thursday, and then Saturday, Sunday. That's all I'm saying. That is why I am your VP of Common Fucking Sense with a uh, low six-figure salary from the NBA, please. Right, I'm by the opinion of the day. I'm going to keep fucking petitioning for that. Now look at me, please. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. Uh, I still don't think Jimmy Butler should have made it over Siakam, right? Like, I love them both. But, yeah, at the same time, we saw a pretty interesting season played out. Yes, you do have a very obvious Jimmy Butler, like, you're on a one seat. You're the best player on the one seat. Should you be on on an all-NBA team? Typically, probably, yes. But at the same time, like, he had a very up-and-down season, and when he didn't play, they were still pretty bloody good, you know? Whereas Siakam, like, the way he came on in the second half of the year was, like, pretty gnarly. Like, just, he misses, like, the start of it, comes back a bit scratchy, and then literally, as soon as it sort of kicks over into January... Um, like I think after oh it was after Christmas so he has like a 28 point game after Christmas from there on he averages a 24 9 and 6 shoots the shit out of it and like even before Christmas it wasn't really that bad you know so um, I think Siakam's sort of I don't know built in uh, achievements across the season probably just edged him out and I'm fine with it I don't know how do you feel Good, bad, otherwise, don't give a fuck, cool. Because, <laughs> like, seriously, before Christmas, he was still averaging basically a 28 and 4. So I think uh, we can let that one slide just a little bit. Like, they're raw numbers. Like, see, Arkham shot 49%, Butler 48. He shot 34.5 from three, but not a three-point shooter, 23% on only two attempts a game. I mean, see, Arkham edged him out in... Rebounds, 8.5 to 5.9. They were basically the same on assists, 5.5 to 5.3. 1.6 steals for Butler to 1.3 for Siakam. So, look, they're pretty uh, much of a muchness. Butler only played 57 games. 
Siakam plays 68. And in that 68, he had probably a better year. So he'll give it to Siakam. Yeah. Yeah. Good. All right. Outback Takehouse. It's Wednesday at Outback, and you know what that means? Oh, yeah. The squid and I jumped on the bikes, went down to the park with our cricket bats, and as soon as we heard that, he leapt off the bike with bang! I'll tell you what. Today's Aussie Tizer of Kookaburra Wings is bloody delicious, and it's only at Outback. That's right. He did a ninja flip off the bloody back of the bike, did the squid. Just knock one right out of the air. Makes it even tastier. And today's Flame Grilled Take is... Golden State gave up in this Game 4 because they want to play Game 5 at home and clinch there. Not just because it's in front of their fans, but because the Warriors apparently make about $10 million from one more home playoff game. That's $10 million more bucks. They get to cover the cost of this insane light years ahead roster. Only... An outback. I mean, to be honest, the ten million bucks for the uh, Warriors making, uh, you know, having one more home game in a playoff series is like fucking mega. And the amount of money they're spending on this team, I'd sort of go, well, uh, yeah, bruh, Steve. Look, if you don't win Gay Four, you know, to be honest, it's it's fine, mate. It's fine. It's fine. All right, quick straight player watch right after this. This is Matthew Delvedover, and you're listening to NBA Australia. All right, Australian Playwatch today. Um, bit of a funny one because love Jeff uh, Josh Green. I really do. Greeny, he's a legend. Uh, when Josh Green got into the game today, <laughs> the Mavs were up 29. When Josh Green left uh, the game two and a half minutes later, they were up 20. Uh, Josh Green in that time, uh, played his two and a half minutes and uh, did actually nothing. Zeros. That's right. Zero, 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 zero across the board and a minus nine. That is a yeah, bit of a rough one. That was that nine zip run to start the fourth. That was the timeout. That was the oh shit. We're going to get a handle on this. And Josh Green went back to the bench <laughs> and sat down going, oh, that sucked. So. Tough one. Love to see this Maz bench do something outside of uh, Kleber and Dinwiddie. And tonight, you know, Batans and uh, Frankie Smokes are okay, but Greeny, just want to see him just give us something, something, something. Anyway. Uh, how about a quick Andrew Gay's Grey Mumber Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence? What do you reckon? Does that sound good? It's the first and Andrew Gay's Grey Mumba. It up. There you go. Uh, so the sort of lost in that all NBA crunch and how I was talking about it's a changing league. It's a changing of the guard. LeBron was still third team all NBA. That's his 18th all NBA selection. 18! That is ridiculous. And uh, obviously that's the most all time and extends his lead over Kareem, Kobe and Timmy D. Timmy Duncan, who had 15 each. Uh, but just to sort of ram that home as well, he's the first player to make it an all-NBA team in his 19th season or later. 
That is just fucking chaos. And it is the 100% an Andrew Gaze Grey Mumbra Award for outstanding achievement in the field of excellence. Andrew Gaze played for a million years, was awesome for an entire time. LeBron James, exact same vibes. But just the sheer uh, perspective that you need to sit back and go, 18 all-NBA selections, 18 seasons, you're one of the top 15 players, and LeBron's breakdown is like fucking chaos when it comes to, you know, which ones are actually uh, all-NBA first team, second team, third team, etc. Because it is like wildly, wildly uh, pushed towards the... The first team, obviously, because that's this is what we're talking about when it comes to the uh, changing the guard. Because his actual All NBA spots, eighteen of them, as you might remember, the All NBA, uh, All NBA first, 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 third, first, second, <laughs> like first. First, first, second, first, second. And it's just absolutely incredible. So sometimes you just got to go, fucking hell, man. LeBron has been incredibly good at basketball for an incredibly long time. And you got to doff your hat. What a legend. The first player to make it in his 19th season or later. All right. Quick great moment in NBA Australia State history as well. Great moments in NBA Australia stat history. Oh, yeah. This one's Ben Simmons. Because I did post a joke, you know, the old joke of our all-NBA first team. Ben Simmons was robbed. Obviously, he didn't play a game this year. Uh, but it did remind me. It was fucking neat. Was it two years ago? 2019-20. When uh, Box Hill Benny, big Simo himself, made... Australia's first All-NBA team. He made the All-NBA third team with uh, Jimmy Butler, Rusty Westbrook, Jason Tatum, and Rudy Gobert. Staffel Tower. And that was a landmark moment for NBA Australia and Aussies in the NBA because it's like, yeah, he's legit one of the 15 best players in the NBA and he's kicking ass, taking names. Uh, In the second team that year, you had Joker, Kawhi, uh, Dame, Chris Paul, and Siakam. And on the first name was Giannis, Luca, AD, Harden, and LeBron. Pretty crazy to think that, uh, you know, LeBron is on the third team now. Giannis and Luca are still there. AD, who knows? Harden, nowhere to be seen. But anyway, that year we averaged 16.5 points on 58% shooting, 7.8 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 and a bit steals, led the league, 0.6 blocks, 3.5 turnovers, shot 62% on free throws, his best of his career. But not a bad year, 16, 8, and 8. A couple of steals. Be nice if he improved the next year, what do you reckon? All right, what about a Patty Mills Game Day Baller Game Day Twitter check-in? All right, and this one's pretty easy because uh, we've got two, you know, Josh Green. Out there on the Mavs, fighting the good fight. Uh, you know, nice fit, walking into the game. Looking pretty good, looking pretty neat. Enjoyed that, but then also, you know, big up to his uh, teammate Luca with his third All-NBA selection. And uh, that was kind of nice. Good on you, Greeny, on his IGs. But my favorite, easily, was Jock Landale. Just the three-part IG story of his dog coming home to him. You know, he's obviously got the uh, lab, I think it is, over there in the States. 
and uh, went absolutely haywire when he saw his man. I love it. I love a good dog IG story. Like, hook that shit to my veins. I love it. So great job by Jock Landau. Good job by his dog, who's also pretty bloody good, obviously. <laughs> That's a good boy. So great job, dog. Navy the Golden. Oh, it's a Golden, not a Lab. What am I doing? It was a Golden Retriever as he jumped around him. Yeah, I love it. All right, let's do a game preview for tomorrow. Game preview. Game preview. Thanks, Inverting Bane. Not a problem, Jimmy. How's it all going? Oh, yeah, the Squid and I have had a good day. Uh, this show will go up a little bit earlier today because I uh, managed to drop him off at his grandma's for a couple of hours. That's neat. All right, but we nailed today's pick 101. Uh, got the Dallas pick. So we're back to 39 of 79 so far, these playoffs, which is pretty bloody good. Back over five, uh, 500, so I'll take that. Uh, tomorrow we've got Celtics at Heat, Game 5 of the Eastern Conference Finals. What do you reckon? Who's going to win this one? I pick Celtics in six. I'm not deviating away from that. After four games, I just trust the Celtics' offense and defense that little bit more. And uh, I don't know. I think with all the focus on how bad some of these games and how well, not so much bad, but how lacking drama these games have been, you get this sneaking suspicion, but that this one might be a bit of a fucking belter. I reckon it might be. So I'm taking the Celtics. They're minus one and a half. I think this is a game where Jason Tatum can go, right, I had a shit game three. I bounced back pretty well in game four. My shoulder's feeling a little bit better now. Let's fucking go. And really, he can stake a claim to be just one of the legit fuck you superstars with a huge game five here, right? The flip side is, for Miami, I think they stay in this all game because they're at home. The role players are going to bounce back from a horrendous game uh, four in Boston. Especially the starters as well. I mean, they combined for 18 points. You don't think that's going to light a fire under their ass? They're going to come out like they're clappers. But I think the Celtics just peg them back. Tatum goes off. They get a sneaky Game 5 win. So give me the Celtics minus one and a half. Especially if Marcus Smart's good to go with that ankle. I don't know. It looked like a pretty fucking bad sprain if you ask me. But at the same time, I think Tatum, Brown, and the Celtics can get another one in Miami. So I think we're going at least six, and hopefully six, because uh, that's what I got my money on. So <laughs> let's give me give me the Celtics minus one and a half and a big Tatum game. Let's go, and we'll wrap that up for you tomorrow. Sick. All right. Well, that's it for today. Back tomorrow. Wrap up tomorrow's game. Uh, in the meantime, make sure you're following NBA Australia on Twitter, Facey IGs, all of his socials, NFL Australia with myself and Gaz, World Wrestling Australia with Adam. That's over on YouTube. Uh, NBAstray.com slash shop. Get your merch. Get your merch. Rate and review us on your podcast app. Come on. Stop fucking around. What are you doing? Listening for this for free? Give us a rating and review. Come on. Help a brother out. Uh, download the Knowable app. Bang in the code Straya. You get 20% off there too. Uh, big thanks go to From Oslo for the intro and outro song. They rule. And so do Joshua Delorentis, Fascinator, Goldmines, Ramshackle Army, Iowa Sex Jedi, Green, Green, Green. And dozers for all the tunes you hear throughout the show. Smash them all on Bandcamp, Triple J and Earth, Facey, Apple Music, Spotify. How are you some of your tunes? Remember, NBA Australia Sports, Australian Bands. So should you. And finally, let's debut a brand new segment at the end of this one. Jocks Rocks. <laughs> it's awesome. Can't wait for you to hear it. All right, we'll catch you tomorrow, you dickheads. This is NBA Australia saying, look after yourselves, would you? And... 
G'day. Now, welcome to, that's right, Jock's Rocks here on NBA Australia. Because it's where I, Jock Landale, let you in in one of my awesome hobbies. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, sick. It's petrology. No, no, I don't love petrol or nothing. Or pet astrology. No, there's not where petrology is. Petrology is like geology, isn't it? The study of rocks, igneous, metamorphic, sedimentary, and the processes that form and transform them. And I absolutely love it. I've also got a passing interest in mineralogy, which is when you look at the chemistry and crystal structure and physical properties of the mineral constituents of rocks. But nah, it's really about petrology and geology today because... Look, Jock's Rocks, I just wanted to describe and talk to you about one of my favourite specimens of rocks. I'll tell you what, it's just, it gets me going. It's pumice. Oh, fucking pumice. Look at it. Look at this one. Oh, it's sick. It's one of the coolest types of rocks because it floats in water. You'd be like, Jock, how does a fucking rock float in water, mate? And I'd be like, well, I'll tell you. You pick it up, it's so light, like, it's shocking. You're just like, what's going on with this fucking rock, mate? How is this so light? It's so light, you can't even wrap your fucking head around it, mate. Like, it can be super funny. You throw it in some water and kids are just like, fucking, the rock's floating and shit. And it's just great, man. It's like, it's pretty common as well, like, pumice. Like, I love it. You can get it pretty easily because it's like... Just a volcanic rock, right, where it's just like lots of kind of air and shit's being pumped through it. And you can actually find it sometimes like ocean surfaces after like volcano eruptions can be covered with it. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? So, look, there you go. Pumice is probably my top four or top five rocks. So for jocks, rocks, not about rock music or nothing, it's rocks. Yeah, so there you go. Now you know a little bit more about rocks, don't you? So thanks for rocking out with me, Jock Landale, on uh, Jock's Rocks and learn about the coolest thing that the earth is made up of, rocks. So remember, rocks rock. That's been Jock's Rocks. <laughs>